I said, I just pinged in my pants. Seriously, seriously, folks, don't don't hate the app, hate the government that screwed it up in the first place. Welcome to the completely not at all political, big damn cast, nerdy news, geeky gossip and stuff. My name is Chris. It was what this weekend? Johnson? <laughs> My name is Matt. Ah, oh, yes. Two trailers, Watson. <laughs> yeah. And welcome to our annual SDCCCCCC trailer buffet. Wait, hang on. Let me just see what we've what we've got. Um, um, oh, it's just sort of like, it's like a Nutri-Grain bar and... Uh, pack of ham the sdcc 2021 trailer sainsbury's meal deal runoff <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about what came out of comic-con at home Two electric boogaloo we're also gonna uh give a spoiler free uh bit of a chat about masters of the universe revelation uh we is gonna talk about well i mean let's, let's get the, the sort of the, the first bit of exciting news out of the way the casting of batgirl Batgirl is happening finally. I mean, the fact that Batgirl is happening is not necessarily exciting because I just don't care. But, Mayhew, it is an HBO Max series mm. slash film. We don't know entirely yet. Oh, but it's gonna cool. Be one so they don't two. even know what the project is yet, but they've cast back. <laughs> cool. Uh, come um, back to me when you've got a fucking script. Well, I think I think it's more in the sense of... Um, what do you call it? In the sense of um, uh, Justice League... Uh, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League where for ages it was going to be a mini-series and then it was like no it's actually a movie yeah but they'd already made that so they knew how long it was going to be true uh, so yeah <laughs> uh, the most recent thing is touting it as HBO Max solo film okay Um, and the role has been awarded to <laughs> I'm going to say it like that from now on <laughs> to Leslie Grace uh, who most recently made her cinematic debut in In the Heights. Okay, yeah. So they're going for a fairly new name. Uh, speculation being that based on the fact that this is a non-white Batgirl, uh, which, first off, good. Sure, yep. let's open it up. Her ethnicity's never meant anything to her character. A Batgirl of colour. also suggests that we also have our first non-white Gordon in the Batman. Yeah, so it could be going... And HBO Max is doing a Gotham like central style spin-off show from the Batman. Yeah. So is this Batgirl in that continuity? Uh I don't hate that idea if it is. Why not? I yeah. I, I don't want I, I'm looking forward to the Robert Pattinson film, but I don't want it to become super gritty, extra serious, I don't have any sidekicks. I'm like, no, can this super gritty seemingly extra serious version be the first one to have the balls to do Robin and Batgirl, please. Please. Because I'd be very happy with that. Oh, sorry, the first so one to have the balls that. to do Robin and Batgirl since this super campy, oh, very, very fun, but absolutely terrible Batman and Robin. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Oh. That's why every Poison Ivy action figure comes complete with him. It's so Boom. good. It's so good. It's so bad, but so good. Mm. I've... It's weird how you come around on things, mm. isn't it? I used to be like, God, I hate that one so much. And I'm like, I have so much fun watching that one. Yeah, I it's watch it terrible. Anyway. It's, it's like the worst but thing I ever. Love but it. It, it's the worst thing ever, but it 
it, it's determined to be what it is. As I said it before, I'll take Batman and Robin over The Dark Knight Rises any day of the week. Yeah, like Dark Knight Rises is arguably a better movie, but it ain't an enjoyable watch in comparison. Man, I don't know God. if it is a more. I think it's te- I suppose it's technically a more competent you movie. You think Joel Schumacher is lovely, lovely voice. Um, neon goons and nipples. Um, I love it. I love speaking it. Speaking of, I've been watching Harley Quinn uh, season two because it finally arrived in the UK. It's been sort of going out on E4 alongside Rick and Morty. I think yes. they were just saving it. They were like. Let's have a double bill and put it out as a double bill. I mean, I imagine they pair up pretty well. <laughs> it's it's a good double bill. It's, it's like it's the sort of thing where it's like we Lucy and I'll go. Should we catch up on? Should we catch up on our stories? The- we're having tea and we'll put the TV on, and then five minutes into whichever one we watch first, we instantly regret it because of course both shows are vulgar as sin and absolutely filled with gore and and goo. And I love it. Giant living semen and what was last giant week? What was last week's Rick and Morty? Uh, Bruce Chuckback. Bruce Chuckback, <laughs> the, the killer car, and the Cenobites. The Cenobite knockoffs. It, it, yeah. it did indeed cut the chuff. <laughs> and also, like, a very rare a very rare instance of continuity. Remember? Yeah. Protect Summer. It's like, okay. Um, I enjoyed that one. I thought it was fun. Um, but yeah, I digress. Uh, but yes, it's uh, Harley Quinn um, and uh, fucking my brain's melting. Where are you the Harley Quinn? I don't know why you were talking angle? about Harley Quinn. I put I all of Harley Quinn we were talking about. Again. We're talking about Bachel. And I started talking don't, about don't, Harley Quinn. Don't do Quinn. the accent. Don't do the accent. What accent? Just, just speak. Just what speak accent, normal. sir? This isn't we'll get to the, we'll get to the We'll get to the scouts later on. Just carry on. Well, we could, we could use this as a bridge into another scouse. I'll bridge I'll bridge you in a minute if you don't I, if you don't get to the point. Oh god. Is Constantine a scouser in the CWDC shows or is he don't know. like they can never settle, can they? Vaguely British. Cuz the actor's Welsh. <clears throat> Aren't we all? No. No. <laughs> I'm really annoyed about that Harley Quinn tangent because like I was there was a point and I'm completely forgot. And then it. you got two. And I'm going to listen back to this episode and I'm going to go, oh yeah, oh that yeah, was what it was. But that by this point, I'll be dead. Yeah, because um, I'll have killed you. True, which is going to be remarkable because then I'll, I'll somehow be listening to it. Still. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. In I'll a way. bury you alive. <clears throat> be- oh, a little beyond the grave. Oh, magic, uh, Constantine. I'll bury you alive with a zoom. <laughs> It's the Legend of Tomorrow. <laughs> let's, let's, let's start on this San Diego Comic Con. Fucking, it's not even a finger buffet this year. It's it's the sample platter in a in yeah. a Costco. It's it's somebody going. Do you want to do you want to try some of this ham? It's yeah, when you sure. go to it's when you go on a school trip and they've got lunches for you, but it's just like a sandwich, a handful of crisps, and like something a, a else. very small square of a yeah. pound cake. Yeah. yeah, and it's just on a paper plate wrapped in cling film. Yes. It's one of them. Uh, what 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 do you call it when it's simultaneously nostalgic and upsetting? Because that's that's the feeling I just got when you described that. Uh, that's just my memory. Ah, oh. <laughs> just yeah, my yeah, actual memories. School trips. Um, eat this tiny square sandwich. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. Can you tell that there's like next to nothing interesting about half these trailers, folks? We're just dawdling. It's it's uh so I'm gonna say this from the off. People who love Legends of Tomorrow love Legends of Tomorrow. Power to you. I hear it is the most like actually um actively interesting of the DCCW shows mm. in recent years because it does weird shit and it, it goes all over the shop. Like Flash sort of has a predictable nature to its structure. 
Um, Batwoman's kind of stuck in this weird quagmire of what are we doing right now? Yeah. Um, you've also got because I, I found it recently. Um, Kate Kane is still in it, but she's heavily scarred and she's played by a different actor. Yeah. What? Huh? No. Focus on your new, like your new cast member, your new lead. Like, I think. I think they're, they're they're worried about how that they sort of. I don't know because I haven't seen the show, but I imagine they probably wrote themselves into a plot corner and they need to sort of wrap that stuff up. Yeah, but to make a whole season stuff. about it. I, it's just, it's, hey, that might have been what the plan for the whole season was in the first place, and they just had to sort of like reorganise it to be able to wrap maybe. up the cake. I don't know. Super, I've not seen Supergirl any ending. Arrow's spin-off is like in limbo now. Um, the, the, the one about the Canaries is in limbo, which may be why one of the Canaries is more prominent in Legends of Tomorrow I mean, she's now. always been more prominent in Legends of Tomorrow. That's yeah, a thing. It's, it's, it's a weird one. And uh, Lois and... Uh, Lois and Clark. Nope. Uh, Superman and Lois is apparently fucking great and is different because it's the only one that's really sort of a show about like a family with more mature themes. Mm. As opposed to it being a little bit, we're just making this sexy for the CW teen audience. Like it's a bit more like, no, this is there's more to this. It's like, sexy superheroes. It's like it's about teens. it's about being a family and being like parents in your forties, and you know what I mean. It's like, yeah. dude, that's different, interesting. Um, and also, you know, Superman wasn't fucking miserable all the time. Uh, but Legends of Tomorrow released its like new season things, part of the Comic Con trailers. I'm gonna say this: the CW doesn't know how to cut a trailer for no. shit. They really also, don't know how to cut. They always use footage from like either the first episode of a series, yeah. or the first arc, and they just throw things at. Well, yeah, because how do you do a trailer for a twenty-six episode series that it probably isn't even finished filming yet? Yeah, well, dead simple. You don't. Yeah, you, <laughs> you don't. just don't do it. You wait till you've got just enough footage to give an idea of what a plot is. But like in this trailer, a dude interrupts their wedding, and he's apparently a returning villain. I've not I don't watched know. it, and your trailer is yeah. not explaining anything to me. Like it's it's bizarre. I'm also really confused as to how much it's moved on. I'm glad it has because obviously people who watch it enjoy it that way. But it's like I'm looking at this cast and I'm going, I recognise like one of you, yeah, maybe two of you. This is really really weird. It's very strange. Um, it's a weird one. But yeah, looks. <clears throat> I guess if you like Legends of Tomorrow, this will be. I know nothing about Legends of Tomorrow. There's a lot of Constantine and a lot of. This is a TV show, so we're saving money. So your enemy is an invisible thing throwing you around a room. Yeah. Because then we don't have to choreograph a fight, and your enemy is going to be John for a little bit because then we don't have to cast any <sighs> guest actors as a villain. But also lizard men. <clears throat> yeah. So there is that. Do you know what um, else there is? I guess. Uh, the a lightsaber fight in an episode of The Flash. Do you know what else else there is? <laughs> Have you seen that fight though? Yeah, it's fucking bad. Um, uh, what else lot, is there's there? There's a lot of zombie content coming out. How different? Uh, How different to just, every other year? So Walking Dead, great. More Walking Dead William. and Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, apparently, apparently they were the best panels over the weekend. Like, there was the one where the casts were the most kind of like, let's do it, let's talk about stuff that's gone on. This people is hilarious. People really like The Walking Dead, but I have no idea why. Yeah. I think people who really like The Walking Dead are people who like the Conservatives. I don't know. <laughs> that's a weird stretch. People who just like things that have... <laughs> people... People who like The Walking Dead, I think, are the sort of people who don't pick up their dog poo yeah. in the park. People who like The Walking Dead, I think, are the kind of people who order a, a Big Mac with no cheese. 
People who like the Walking Dead. But I'm lactose dead, intolerant. People who like the Walking Dead are the sort of people who chance it on the tram and don't buy a ticket. Yeah. yeah. People who like the Walking Dead are the sort of people who say that wearing masks impinges on their freedom. No. Um, people who like the Walking Dead <laughs> keep borrowing your headphones. Yeah. But never give them back. No. But they never have headphones. So where do they? Where do they? What do they do with them? <laughs> What do they do with it? They... People who like The Walking Dead always bum you for a ciggy, but don't smoke. Um, it's... <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? Have we got any Walking Dead fans in our, in our I, fandom? Probably. I'm sure we do. And again, we're being... We're being, we're being we're flippant. Being flippant and facetious. I, I read the first like 50 issues and fucking adored it. I yeah. watched the first two series and went, I don't care for I this. I think I lasted into the early hundreds before I quit. I I I I'd, li- I'd like to read more, but I think yeah. I, I think after binging it, I was like, "This is pretty bleak." I'm gonna it's go read more fun stuff now for a while. Um, but yeah, I didn't last too much longer after after Negan turned up. Oh god, you comics. got way further than me. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I meant in the series. I was like, no, I, I got past. No, actually, I've not got up to Negan yet. No, because who, who's who's the guy? Who's the guy from like volume six? Is that the governor? Yeah. Yeah. He's brilliant. And then they adapted him in the TV show with David Morrissey and he was this like clean cut like I'm a suave American man who's yeah. taking care of. I was like where's the greasy like slimy eye patch dude who gets mauled? Like what what what? No, the governor's not like fake charming. As soon as they get into his thing it's like this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, he is he is like lording it up over everyone. It'd be like if Joe Exotic got his way. That's basically what Joy he is. Exotic. Do you know what I mean? Just that kind of thing. Oh, uh, like, yeah. You can sort of see how the charisma got him to be in charge, but then he's gone power mad like crazy I, I and just, is ethically completely morally bankrupt. I just never <laughs> got the Walking Dead series. I just never grabbed me. <sighs> series 1 was where I fell off. I gave Series 2 a try and I just got so bored. Because Series 1... The fact that Series 1 ends with, you know, here's an episode that's not adapted from anything where we go to a science lab yeah. and we find out in the final episode, what The Walking Dead is, which takes away the amazing drama of the third volume prison storyline, yeah. where that's where they realise, holy shit, whatever this is, it's airborne. Yeah. Like, that's that was scary to me. That Reading that, like, the serial killer in the prison, killing, like, the two young girls that had joined them as part of the group that had moved on from beyond the farm, and then they go to, like, respectfully, you know, clear up the bodies before, like, the younger members of the group see... And the severed head of one of the girls starts moving. Yeah. It was like, when I read that, I was I was on a plane holding the giant, like, volume one um, collection. The compendium. Yeah. yeah. And I was just, I just audibly went, <gasps> and woke someone up. <laughs> like two seats next to me. Because I just, I didn't see that coming. And I was like, that is amazing. What a great idea. Like, no matter what, you are all resigned to this fate. Let's see how that plays out with everyone psychologically from this mm. point on. And in the series, series one ends with like, we got to a lab, a scientist has explained it to them all. And then at the end, they're like, but Rick, what does it mean? It's like, it's us. We're all of us. We're all the walking dead. Wink to camera. Credits roll. And I was Move like, on. Oh, okay. I have no, I have no desire to get to the prison now. I'm wondering if show. that's why Frank Darabont left the show. Maybe. I mean... The first series, I think, out of the two I watched, the first series worked way better than the second because the first series was six episodes and pretty much just adapted the six-issue arc of volume one. More or less, yeah. And then series two is like 13 episodes and spreads the six-issue arc of the farm into 13 episodes and loses me completely. And and every series since has been like 13 to 20 episodes or whatever. And I'm like, I just, no, thank you. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of episodes where, and I say this now, 
where your antagonistic force is a never-ending throng of slow-moving corpses. Zombies can so be the great. Republican Party. Doctor <laughs> Fortune, they move fast, which uh. sucks. Um, zombies can be a brilliant horror tool. They can be absolutely incredible. I, but a TV series of them, I'm just like, no. I'm over it, baby. I can't think of like any long-running zombie thing that has held me. Held you in its rotting arms. Yeah, that, that's kept me around and made me go, do you know what, I'll keep watching that. Stuff where zombies are part of it, I've enjoyed. But like, yeah. Which is why it's interesting that our reaction to the Day of the Dead trailer yeah. was pretty oh, okay. great. Because it looks way gorier than uh, The Walking Dead. And mm. it also looks like it's kind of... It's weird that it's calling itself Day of the Dead. Because it isn't Day of the Dead. But yeah. I guess it isn't the only project that's taken the Day of the Dead name and done something completely different with it. Because I guess George A. Romero doesn't copyright things. I don't know. It'd be um, interesting to see if anyone ever comes up with a zombie thing in, in the near future that doesn't have dead or of the dead in the title. Yeah. That'd be um, nice. That'd be interesting. Remember when Zombieland came out and we went, that sounds different. Yeah. yeah. And it was. It was. It was great. Uh, this, and then they made a second one and we went, oh. Oh, uh, yeah. This looks like it's got... No, it's it's not got the sort of fourth wall breaking humor of Zombieland and the sort of to 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 audience stuff that that has, but it does look like it's got a bit of sort of glee in its. There's a mo- there's a point where they fucking drive through a zombie and it explodes into viscera like RoboCop style. It's there's, like there's a bit where they the lead character kills one, she kills one at a funeral as yeah. it comes out the casket, and the guy in, in the congregation goes, "You just killed my people." Yeah, it's like, that's. And I it's think like, the thing that's got me about it, it, narratively, it looks like it's early. Yeah, It's it not a barren, fucked world wasteland. It's the start of the outbreak. Yeah, yeah, and that means you get a different dynamic of people. It's not just about how our ragtag group are going to survive in this bleak wilderness. But it will be, though, because I all hope, zombie movies end up being that. Well, all I zombie hope, stories I hope they end don't up being go that. there. I really hope they don't go there, because... That's the thing, right? With zombie zombie fiction, the threat ultimately is... I mean, obviously different ones adapt different things and it's comments on consumerism and, and you know, the mundanity of day-to-day existence and the basic fear of the, death the better and dying. One, the better and, ones that have, yeah, more of that allegorical thing. Yeah, but, um, like, but, ultimately the threat of any zombie concept is if you don't stop it, the entire world will be this. That's yeah. the threat. And so many zombie things now are like, we begin in a zombie-ravaged world. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't care. Because our heroes will never win. They yeah. will never, ever win. I don't give a shit. That's not... You're saying you can't tell a story in that... Oh, you can, but we've seen setting, every possible yeah. take on it. it, it it's... Like, even Zombieland, which is, like, coming from a place of fun. Like, the second one, even... The second one leans into the, you know... Oh, there's a there's a Shangri-La. There's a there's a place that's apparently paradise that if we get to, we can avoid it all. It's just like, yep, seen this, mm. seen this, absolutely. Like the start of that movie was way more interesting. Like they just occupied the White House. <laughs> that's their new house. It's like that's great. Like that's fun. Mm. Um, even if it is just a riff on the Bill Murray's house bit from the first film, it's like sure. Uh, yeah, I just I'm. I think that's one of the things I'm so bored about with zombie media. Where do you go? 
Yeah. The, the inevitable thing is your characters get to a safe place and we leave it on that cliffhanger of, and hopefully they'll have a happily ever after, or your characters will die in a noble sacrifice yeah. in the last story. And I'm like, I think... I'm so bored. Whereas if this is if this is like the threat of the zombie apocalypse yeah. is on its way, you at least have a lot more play. Like You have a bigger sandbox to play in. You can have yeah. like someone coming back to life in their casket at the funeral and like yeah. the person who knows what's going on having to kill it. Like there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more to mine for horror. Yes, um, story arc absolutely, and especially comedy. In yeah, that. yeah. It you know, Shaun of the Dead, the zombie apocalypse hasn't happened. It's starting in London. Yeah, like and, and you you then learn at the end that. No, it, it did spread, but the world's kind of got it contained now. Yeah. And and the ending of that is so refreshing. Um that's why that's why the concept of Army of the Dead appealed to me when I first saw it. Yeah. First saw the trailer, because I was like, they've contained it in Vegas. So it's it's like it's a district. Oh, that's a great idea. And then I watched it and I was left ultimately unfulfilled by the lack of um creativity. Once the film began, I think that, and that's the problem with a lot of zombie projects. I think they just do they, because it's. If you look at also what is entailed with making a zombie thing, if you can do the makeup effects for a decent amount of money, you can basically make it for nothing. Yeah. So as, like, as long as the zombies why, look decent, that's why there's so many yeah. of them, and they just get churned out. And you know, some of them do a nice twist on it. Mm. I think there's been there's been some really interesting uh, sort of ways to play with the genre. I thought Cargo was really good. That's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, really interesting short Colin. film as well. I didn't see Colin, Colin's but I heard amazing. good stuff about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the zombie segment of uh, VHS 2. I've not seen VHS. Really, I've only really seen VHS good. 1. Um, so, you, you know, there can be... There are interesting takes on that. But so much of it is just... Without going too spoiler-heavy, like, that's why Army of the Dead frustrated me, because they they touch on doing something really interesting with it. Yeah. There's like a couple of them are sort of um, like there's a hierarchy to them. Like two of the earliest infected are sort of like a king and a queen and they seem so to have sharper instincts. And at one point they heavily imply that she is pregnant. So there's so like, like a societal oh my, order to them. A bit yeah, like, so you're like what, oh um, my God, it's going to be like the first hundred percent like sired zombie child. A bit like And they what, never uh, follow through with it. At all. Yeah, of course There's not. an implication that Zack Snyder then confirmed in interviews, which made me go, dude, you were getting on our good side with the way you were, like, talking down toxic fandoms, and then you have to go and say oh, shit like this. God. Where zombies have apparently been having sex with human captives, but then they don't do anything with it in the film. Sure, It's just okay. implied. So you're like, what's the... What, what is the point here? Um, we see a bunch of dried corpses the first time they enter Vegas, like, litter in the streets, and they're sort of guide. They're, like, you know, smuggler army lady yeah they're like oh uh oh god like what's happened to them she's like they all dried out in the sun it's like just be glad it isn't raining why what happens when it rains and then they leave it that you know, that's an interesting guy so what you're saying when it rains like the moisture sort of brings back these skeletons Husks. essentially that'd be a great idea never happens like they don't do anything with it there's, <laughs> there's zombies with red robot eyes at one point they don't explain it they're not given any sort of close-up they just have robotic eyes and they're killed off, and it's moved on from. Sure. Yeah. What was that? Like, was was that was that like performers in a show or something at Vegas? And it's just it's a costume element, or or are they cybernetic? If so, why are they cybernetic? That's not been set up in this movie as a thing. That's interesting though. Like, 
Do you want to tell us more about that? Or no, of course he doesn't. But I'm going to have to give this a watch. What he does want to tell us more about is the fucking safe cracker in a prequel, Thieves. Um, Army of Thieves. Army of Thieves. So not even of the thieves or like whatever. <sighs> so the one fun character in the film was a safe cracker. He's like a, a he's like a European dude. He's quirky, very entertaining, and he's very much the like they get him in because he's he knows locks, he knows security. Like, well, that's I hope his so. Thing. If he's a safe cracker, but but, but it's, it's almost like a a. a, a, a a romantic level of passion about do you know what I mean the 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 notion of being able to crack like these incredibly rare locks uh, and knowing it inside out and the people who made them and whatnot um and uh the actor who plays that character is here on the there uh, is Matthias Schweighofer right M- Matthias Schweighofer has now ri- co-written I believe and directed a prequel to Army of the Dead produced by Zack Snyder which will be out on Netflix later this year. So, pretty fast turnaround. If you enjoyed Army of the Dead, and if you did, power to you. I wish I did. If you enjoyed Army Mm -hmm. of the Dead, then you're getting another Army of the Dead movie less than a year later. This is a prequel. Trailer debuted at Comic-Con. It's about him and his old safe-cracking crew, because apparently he's been recruited before to break into a thing, even though Army of the Dead sort of sets it up that he's not really done it in this way like he's he's got he's seen no action he doesn't understand how weapons work and the whole thing is like the group sort of are quite aware that they need to keep him safe because he's the only way they're going to get into the safe in vegas yeah this film suggests that not only is he experienced at heists to a, a degree of being able to get out of the action like action sequences we see in this trailer <laughs> but also that any of us want to watch a fucking spin-off movie from a, a zombie horror universe that has nothing to do with zombies or the horror. The yeah. trailer implies that they're going to say, hey, have you heard about that thing happening in Vegas? Pretty crazy, right? Anyway, let's go rob a bank. It's just... <laughs> yeah. It's just so weird! And it's like, you can't fill it with any key information about it. It's not like he the job he's involved in can logistically like tie into say the military experiment that is suggested to be the start of 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 the first zombie and everything in the original movie because if you do that you're suggesting he has knowledge that he clearly doesn't in army of the dead <laughs> yeah so it's it's they are doing more army of the dead prequel stuff though yeah they're doing an animated series a lot of the cast from the um, film are returning yeah, the, the uh, animated series is Las set, Vegas yeah the animated that's set during the the opening title sequence of the film okay. is a montage of like the, the 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 military group sent in to recruit oh so people. we did Dawn of the Dead again yeah okay cool yeah cool um, cool, 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 cool cool so so the cartoon's gonna expand on that and this prequel is hey here's the, the now pros. He was a really good actor. The direction in the trailer looks pretty solid. Maybe this is a gateway to him getting to make more films. Maybe. And that's great. Cool. But I just... I don't know. It'd be, it'd be like going, hey, did you like uh, did you like The Avengers? Uh, yeah, mostly. Amazing. Uh, well, you're going to love this. We have got a prequel all about... And just get get hype, right, okay, get okay. hype, bruh. Tell me, tell me, tell me. All about me. the waitress that talks to Captain America. Yeah. In the scene. <laughs> What's her life about? She's been waiting in New York. Wait. Maybe she, maybe she's an actor. 
Maybe she's maybe she wants to get definitely. on Broadway and she's waiting tables, waiting to shoot her shot. You know, maybe that's what she wants yeah, to do. Yeah, definitely, that's what it is. Oh, did she just did she just see a superhero? No, because it's it's before the Avengers and there's not many. There's of them. no yeah, there's no, super, um, there's no superheroes. Oh, but those customers uh, at table five have been waiting for twenty minutes and they're getting pretty pretty angry. So she's probably going coming soon to Disney I hate Plus. It. I hate it. It's just I don't know. I it's, hate what you're doing to me right now. It's just. It, 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 do you love the Avengers? No. You love the Avengers. You're gonna you're gonna love this as well. We've got a prequel spin-off for you. No. It's Agent Coulson, right? Pretty cool. He's an agent of Shield. Yeah. 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 But it's him before the Avengers, so it's mostly him just doing paperwork. Oh, okay. Cool. In the scenes between what you saw uh, uh, in the Iron Man movies. So, and uh, remember in uh, Thor when he was in Thor. Yeah. 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 After that, he had a shitload of paperwork uh, to do. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna follow him on his paperwork adventure. Christopher Hayter. Yeah. I understand. I hate you so much. Um, speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of things I I, I don't hate it uh, I don't hate it I have no opinion but you do the Evangelion trailer thrice it upon a time looks like Evangelion I haven't been following Rebuild of Evangelion um, which is a sort of remake slash reimagining film series but there was a bunch of footage aka the opening titles and like two seconds of actual Reed, dialogue right? uh, and it looks like it has the visual style that makes Ava so sort of compelling. Um, but beyond that, I can't tell you anything about it other than the fact that it's a thing. It exists. Yeah, it should have been out a couple of years ago, but it's been delayed by COVID. Um, but now it looks like it's actually getting there. And uh, But yeah, it's, it's Evangelion. Did you like, do you like Evangelion? Never seen it. Pretty fucking weird. Right. A lot of weird psychosexual stuff in the show about teenagers. So, speaking of, well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not pigeonholing an entire like country's subgenre here, but like, Uh-oh. there's a lot of that in Japanese media. There's yes. a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, weird psychosexual shit, uh, Dexter's back. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, Dexter, n- new blood, new blood, aka mini-series reboot that may spin off into a continuing series I if it does well. don't know. About Dexter, the serial killer who day by day was a, um, like, was was the mortuary worker and detective and whatever. Yeah. He worked in the forensics of, of crime scenes. It was a police procedural, but one of the guys was a serial killer who killed serial killers. Yeah, so it was sort of like Hannibal before Hannibal, pretty much. Yes, yeah. like Hannibal kind of did it, but with a, the cannibal twist and, and a bit more of a sort of sophisticated delivery. The Hannibal show's fucking great. Um, which is which is good to hear, considering one of the people who ran that show is one of the people is the man behind the main thing we're excited about from Comic Con, yeah. which we'll get to in a moment. But um, but yeah, so like Dexter was that, and I watched the first series when it came out. I think ITV Two showed it in the UK, and I was like, sure. I watched it. I was like fifteen, sixteen. Saw it. Went. Cool. And then moved on. There wasn't really much more to focus on, but it was, you know, it's a cool idea because it, it was it was that tick it was the ticking time bomb element, wasn't it? That was the whole mm. thing of it. It was like one day obviously someone's gonna rumble it. And that's that's what made it interesting. It was the idea of it, it's a vigilante story, kind of. Yeah. Like you are following a very, very, very bad man who is doing very bad things. Two very bad people, and it's based on a series of novels as well. Yeah, and the last series, as far as I'm aware, like the, the last series was quite a short one, wasn't it? And it, it uh, apparently was the he's been rumbled. Here's the ending of the show, 
But also, if I remember correctly, the ending didn't satisfy the fan base. It was one of those shows that people kicked off with like, really? This is how you're ending it? Hmm. What the fuck? Um, so, for those who enjoyed Dexter but didn't like the ending, hey, guess what? More. More Dexter. More and they, they, Dexter. They, they've taken the one thing that really did work about <clears> the initial <throat> premise, the ticking time bomb, the ticking clock, because this series is... He's been in hiding, doing his own thing, having a full life elsewhere. No one knows he's there. He's under a different identity. And the plot of the series based on this trailer is someone's found out or someone's found he's there and is going to bring, you know, all hell down on him. Is it Clancy Brown? Probably. You just love some Clancy Brown. And I don't blame you because he's wonderful. What's not to love about Clancy? Look at that old guy. Look at him. Look at that old guy. He really just suit the long hair and beard, doesn't he? he? Well, what can you do? What can you do? Isn't it's... it ironic that he has that in in um, Detroit? Yeah, but like they just did it. They just got it's, it di- it's digital because he probably just has like short hair or all of his hair like tied down in a cap for the mocap and everything. It's like Clancy. Um, I know you didn't see the stream last night, but I just I do want to tell you that. that did he? That Hank died in my arms last night. You wouldn't have had it any other way. Hank, though. he just died in if, my if, arms If he has to night. die, you want to be there for the romantic day. Must have more. been something I said. It actually was something I said or failed to say. Uh, because oh. that's how Detroit works. Can, um, he, can he live? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think. Because it's the David Cage thing of like, you change the outcome of the story and you read into it and you go, actually. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a few different <laughs> ways. things are stuck. There's a few different ways it can go and he can probably die before that point. But hey, anyway. Detroit, become human. Um, that's not an SDCC trailer but do you know what it is uh, I can't remember anything that we give a shit about Shudder's got uh, a couple of a horror noir series, miniseries yeah. and it's got a, a slasher series yeah um, I'm not a huge slasher guy it must be said like if there's a supernatural twist to it I can sometimes get on board but has someone who's I'm suffered fi- through- I'm fine with it if it's one film if, yeah. it's, not, if it's not like something really yeah unusual. but franchises yeah if it's something like, that do you remember Red Eye yeah, Wes Craven, yeah. fucking great, mm. like really great. And there's an alternate universe where that became a franchise. Killian Murphy won it. Killian Murphy, yeah. Rachel McAdams. It's an, it's it, Wes Craven written and directed. It is a tight, and I'm not kidding. It is a tight hour and fifteen minutes. Tight, and it's it's the length of a fucking Disney feature. Yeah, and it's perfect. Like it's absolutely perfect doing what it is. So it's them two and Brian Cox, and it's got some of the most like brilliantly subtle but believable gore stuff I've ever seen like oh my god freaking what she does with a pen to get away from him and then what she does with her, her heel in the closing five minutes huh. she like kicks him so hard in the thigh that her stiletto sticks into his thigh and it's just like oh my god it's so brilliant it's turned me on Chris it's, oh, it's, it's a great movie um, it, t- it fucking turns me on I remember watching that when I was younger just being like I know I'm meant to be scared, but like these two are beautiful people. Uh, well, yeah, there <laughs> is that. Murphy and Rachel McAdams are beautiful. There is people. that. Um, um, but yeah, so uh, uh, slashes stuff. I know what you mean. It's, it kind of has to have a a bent on it. I say this as someone who's suffered through eight Friday the Thirteenth movies. You're a, you're a masochist. I am. You're a masochist. There's not much good in there. I tell you that. What you, so? What, what you're saying is it's it's Freddy, Candyman, Chucky, or Bust, basically. Michael Myers yeah. gets a pass because, like, the intimidation of how he's yeah, shot. Yeah, but I've also only seen Halloween and Halloween three and Halloween twenty eighteen. So I think I've had the best. I've not seen any of the sequels that have Michael Myers in. 
technically you've done it right. Yeah, I think I have. <laughs> you've done it right. You've seen the random, like, this one's got nothing to do with the rest of the series one, and then you've just watched the 78 and 2018 versions, which is what the 2018 version wants you to have done. I think I made all the right choices in, in that particular part of my life. Um, speaking of making the right choices... Uh, yes. Doctor Who finally gave us something. Uh, uh, Speak, something Speaking of the very, wrong choices, yeah. they gave us nothing. Um, happy to see it. A whole... 30 seconds or something yeah, ha- of like happy fucking... to see the summit going on like they've announced officially now that that's the thing everything they announced we all knew yeah we knew a series was coming this year we yeah. knew it was eight episodes yeah um oh we didn't know about the the new ca- companion the new new companion well new is it a companion because they made a big point of saying uh, Jodie Whittaker John Bishop Mandit Gill Chris Chibnall are joining us for this yeah panel, and a special guest and a special guest um, could you can you bring up that story actually? Because yeah. like, I, I I'm not as familiar with this guy's work because I don't really watch Game of Thrones, for example. But again, it's yet another, and I know it's not every, the only thing he's done, but it's yet another. Hey, do you not remember Game of Thrones? Well, you mm. better come watch Doctor Who. It's like, yep, we had this with Maisie Williams, and it had next to no positive effect. I don't think that's why they've got them though. Absolutely not. It'll be because he's right for the part, but the press is doing a lot of like from Game of Thrones, and you're like, don't do that. Uh, read the room um, read the room don't do that um but yeah so we, we had a, a panel uh that was sort of like a recorded in conversation thing what became very clear from this uh from this panel uh is that Jodie Whittaker is adorable and a great ambassador for this show and I, ju- I just wanted to be around for at least another two series at least another two Mostly because I like her and I want to see her Doctor being done under different writers as time goes by. Just to sort of see what flavours they can they can pull out of the character. But also because whiny babies on the internet will get incredibly cross about her being around longer. Mm. And I, I'm happy with that. Jacob Anderson, uh, who is Vinder. Vinder. And he's going to make multiple appearances over... The series. He's dressed in similar regalia uh, in terms of the colour scheme uh, and the symbols he's wearing based on what Twitter is saying as the um, Time Lord from uh, the uh, whatever they were called. You know, the people that Joe Martin Carnation was apparently working for. So it looks like they might be tying into that. Um, Oh, the Celestial Innovation Agency. CIA. Yeah. Which means they uh they might be continuing like digging deep into the timeless children setup and bit timeless child setup and be like, right, let's fucking get into it. Um which good. Good. Do you know what I mean? Either yeah. either leave it for a bit and then have the mystery rear its head again and the doctor be like, right, what what's going do you know what I mean? Or be like, right, let's just go straight into it. Yeah. Because they also announced that this series is eight episodes of the same story. It's one continuous narrative. Um, they made a big deal out of that, saying that like, it's something really. It's not just eight based on the siege stories with different monsters every week. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, the, like yeah. <laughs> Patrick Trowan. Yeah. <laughs> but they're saying like it's it, it's it's something quite unprecedented for this show, and it's like cool. Keep the time trial of a time lord. Yeah. Um, but also, like that's what most modern dramas do. Yeah. That's what most American um, sci-fi and genre shows do. Like it's just one story. And each week kind of has like the thing that happens that week, but it ties into the greater narrative. 
one thing that made Doctor Who stand out was it wasn't that. But that being said, I feel like no, they really... Is, if this is a one-off, sure. I'm oh, yeah, interested. I think it will be. Yeah. I think they've really pushed up against the limitations of what you can do in 45 minutes to the point where they started lengthening episodes yeah. and editing them down at the same time. Like, yeah. So even when they've got a slightly longer episode, you can tell it's been cut to the bone. Mm. And that's the failure of the writing, like, yeah. straight up. Um, but I guess if that's what Chris Chibnall wants to do, he's running the show. If he wants to experiment with it, fucking why not? A lot of the internet... Why not? Uh, immediately remembered his uh, famous appearance on that BBC show in the 80s where he was complaining about the writing of Doctor Who as a fan. Ah! Talking about how they don't want, like, you know, the, the big arcing stories need to call Trial of a Time Lord a failure. And it's like, wait a minute. Did you... Did you die a hero or did you live long enough to see yourself become the villain? What's happening here? Now, that being no, said... he learned how to write for TV. Yeah. Uh, full disclaimer, I think we've both been pretty satisfied with the past two seasons overall. Mostly, yeah. But it's it's nowhere near, like, top tier what Doctor Who can but be. Yeah, I think it's a lot better than the sort of first couple of Capaldi seasons. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of... I'd sort of put it on par, but for different reasons. Like, the stuff in yeah. the Capaldi thing... Capaldi's first couple of seasons... That I really enjoyed, but mostly I was left feeling dissatisfied. I think it's different. Whereas with this, it's like I'm I'm mostly having a good time, and occasionally it'll do something that makes me go, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" The difference is being, I think, is that with in terms of the writing and the way they fail with Moffat, the structure was tight, but the characters were really fucking irritating mm. or non-existent. Whereas in this, the characters are great and fleshed out, but the structures uh, all over the place. Some of the characters are great. I think they out. are mostly. I don't know. I feel like everyone. I feel like everyone's been dealt a bad hand because it's kind of right. We've got four, four member TARDIS. Oh yeah, it being a little crowded. I what suppose, what yeah. do we do with them? Well, I guess Ryan can ask this question, and then Graham but can ask this question. It does like, mean that you don't fall into the trap that you had with Clara, where she's just whatever you needed to be week to week. Depending because well, that was a Moffat issue. I mean, yeah. for Christ's sake, she went from being a a, a babysitter professionally, li- a living in house babysitter. Yeah, for a person who we don't really learn much about. So you're like, so is he like? Is he like a government guy? Is he like a a, a doctor who's like always working away? Is he like sugar daddy. Like, like, what is he? Yeah, it's like we never really learned. And then suddenly in in the fiftieth anniversary, it's like, oh, she's a teacher now. Yeah. And then that became a main plot thread until after the Danny Pink story wrapped up, and then she's just like, and ditch this. And yeah. You're like, Wait, yeah. what? So you can't just do that. That's weird. Um, it's gonna be I, thinking about it, actually the school she worked at. That's gonna be weird because just one day she just vanished. It was Cole Hill, wasn't it though? Yeah, oh yeah, she was at Cole Hill um, Academy, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Which then in class is revealed to be a completely different physical setup. So yep. you're like, wait a minute, hang on. Yep. Earlier this year, we saw this building and it looked completely different. Listen, <laughs> wibbly wobbly, tiny wimey, classy wassy, sexy right now Talking about sexy and right now. Let's talk about dolls. Um, wait, wait, what? Killer dolls. Oh, hang on, you missed the most important thing about the, the Doctor Who announcement. What? The one genuine like ray of hope from it that made me go, okay, that was worth taking your peek at this for. What? Jodie wearing a Spider-Verse t-shirt. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's adorable. Uh, she was like, she read the, she she knows the assignment. She she she, yeah, she read the assignment. She was she's like, she's done her homework. Comic-Con. Great, I'm putting my Spider-Man t-shirt on. Let's go. Come on, get me out there. Repping Miles. She's fucking funny. And also, I really like the rainbow coding with the logo. Like the, yeah, the, the image from the like shirt that. underneath the, yeah. underneath the logo looks beautiful. Let's um, make a gay show. <laughs> please do. Um, more on He-Man later. Hey. Uh, so, 
Yeah, Chucky, Chucky, Chucky. Again, I mean, Christ, a show that is all about representation and especially gay representation. It, John Mancini yeah. of Hannibal and Channel Zero show running fame it, comes back to his his creation and his baby to bring us the latest instalment in the original Child's Play series. It looked good. It looked fun. It looked I real fun. It wanna... looked real fucking fun. Yeah, so it seems like the basic setup is there's a teenager who's into... Is it a retro, not vintage? What's the yeah. difference? About 10 bucks. Great um, line. Very good Fucking line. Great opening line. Um, uh, he buys a Chucky doll at a yard sale, and it seems like the Chucky doll starts to manipulate him into well, enabling yeah, or I mean, straight get, up committing murders and moving from kid to kid to kid and mm-hmm. sort of He's like ingratiating min- himself with the local Screwing kids. up the social structure, yeah. like the, the, the cliques of the school. Yeah. Um, like it, it, and then of course authorities start to figure that out. There's a pattern of this kid being connected to all of the crime scenes, Ooh. and Chucky seems to be very openly chatting with at least two other young kids yeah. as well. Like in the style of of what he did with Alice in in Curse of Chucky, where he's just openly just like and and um uh Tyler in 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 Child's Play Three, where he's just openly like, "Hi, yeah. yeah, this is what I sound like. So, what we're we doing today?" Like when no no parents are around, um, I think it's neat because I think it shows how Chucky's gotten better at sort of manipulating kids mm. over the years. Like he knows how to use them to help him get to where he needs to be to do what he does best, which yeah. is murdering the fuck out of adults. Um, the world series of slaughter has begun. Yes, um, and, and the tagline as well for the whole thing: just "It's time to play." It's like yes, it yes, is. it is. Uh, what I love about this trailer is it's really well cut. Shows off that it's kind of darkly funny, like the last couple of movies have been in particular. Yeah, uh, it's. I don't know if Don Mancini's directed the series, but I won't be surprised if he directed the pilot. Let's but he, see. he's definitely showrun and written it. Yes. Um, it is Don Mancini. For those who don't know, is the sort of the co-creator of Chucky, um, and is his is his dad basically. Like he, he's the one who shepherded any version of it except for the MGM attempted reboot from 2019. Which I thought was a pretty decent movie on its own terms, but shouldn't have been called Child's Play. Yeah, it's sh- not it shouldn't really have been called Chucky. Movie. It shouldn't have been called Child's Play. They shouldn't have been the Barclays. It should have just been about an AI. It should have been... Yeah. It should have been... What was... Was it Ashley O? The... Whatever it was called. The, oh, the, the Black Mirror one. Yes, the, the, yeah. It's like, if, that, yeah. If it had been that, but a horror film, perfect. Like, absolutely perfect. Uh, and again, like, all the actors in it did a really good job, but, you know, they ain't... Uh, <laughs> They they ain't the original, you know. Mm. A true classic never goes out of style. He's just oh good lord. So the trailer's really slick. The fact that it is like here's your setup: small town cockups, secrets, and 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 like you know, uh, 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 affairs and blackmail going on in the small town, and Chucky's going to take advantage of it all for his own like sick pleasure. There's a bit where we see uh, two ladies like. Discreetly trying to get it on together, and sort of like yeah. clearly like listening out for someone who's going to catch them. Meanwhile, somebody's under the mattress with a big fucking knife, and you're like, okay, this is int-. which sort of is playing on a theme in um, Curse of Chucky. There's a, there's an element of that, isn't there? There's, a, yeah. there's an extramarital affair between the wife and the babysitter and everything. And it's um, what's got a lot of folks confused about the trailer is, hang on, where's Fiona Duriff? Where's Jennifer Tilly, like, what's going on? There's probably only stuff from the first couple of episodes in this. Well, that's the thing. There's ten episodes uh, in the series. Don Mancini's confirmed that... No, this series arc is its own thing. Yeah. But, 
have patience because this series is definitely a sequel to Cult of Chucky. Yeah. So, because of course, at the end of Cult of Chucky, we learned that he can now divide his soul into several objects at once. One of them is in a Chucky, an armless, a one armed Chucky doll left at the asylum to sort of oversee what's happening. Yeah. One of them is uh, in the. <laughs> not the original, but like the original series scarred up head. The AKA most the original one... that are there can yeah, be. It, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's the one, it's the one from three C- uh, Cedar Chucky. Cause it's, it, it's the, animat- oh, okay. it's the animatronic made for the Chucky and Tiffany film. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so the, 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 basically the one that a lot of people our age and younger will recognize as Chucky with the scars yeah. and the, the staples and his head and everything that severed head, with a big hole, shotgun hole blown in it, is still sentient and is still alive back at Andy's like cabin house. Mm-hmm. And the third portion of his soul is currently operating in the body of Nika. Because um, Cult of Chucky ended with Nika, uh, uh, Tiffany Valentine slash Jennifer Tilly, and the original Tiffany doll, or the, the scene of Chucky movie one, yeah. uh, driving off together. Um, so it's like, right, wait, what? Based on that, the Chucky in this series is just, just another offshoot. It's just another, this is, he's got business here. He's got plans. The featurette that the trailer played in at Comic-Con is called The Legacy of Chucky, which mm-hmm. basically talked about, like, you know, the impact of the character culturally, the idea that they made a big thing of it, and you can't really deny it. This is a horror icon that has fucking withstood the test of time. Yeah. Like he he he's still here, like he is still fucking here. He because for years they were like he's never been rebooted, he's never been remade, and it's like oh no, since then someone attempted that, and the reaction was incredibly lukewarm at best. So yeah. here's the OG, and the, they are making a statement with that. They've redesigned him since the last two films, yeah, to look more like the Child's Play two incarnation of the character. Um. We've got there's there's yes. the desktop wallpaper. It's the best he's ever looked. He it's looks a good so looking. Good. It's a good looking puppet or um, set of puppets, I suppose. Uh, uh, Don Mancini's confirmed in the featurette that uh, Child's Play Two is the style guide for this series. Okay. Um, right down to like the sort of the the the, uh, the relationship between you know brothers, sisters, best friends, like being a key player in it. Uh, Andy Barkley, played by Alex Vincent, uh, Alex Vincent, and Kyle, played by Christine McCarthy are in this series. Mm. They will be in it. Um, uh, Jennifer Tilly and Fiona Durif will be in it as Tiffany and Nika slash Chucky. Yes. Uh, they are going to be in it. In fact, if you watch the Legacy of Chucky featurette, you will briefly spot them both in a scene where Fiona Durif is in incredibly scant lingerie making out with Jennifer Tilly. God damn it. So, Charles is enjoying being in a female body. <laughs> He's having fun with it. Um, <laughs> she's like, okay, interesting. God damn it. Because, of course, there's that bit at the end of the the last film where she like, steps out of the asylum. Tiffany reg- realises that it's him. And they just make out for a prolonged shot that makes you go, oh, yeah, Don Mancini is gay as hell, proud about it as hell. And it's like, I am putting more gay in my horror. Thank you yeah. very much. Our lead, our young lead of the series, his main arc story based on that featurette is like... He's insecure as hell, especially because recently he's realised he fancies his best friend. Yeah. 
And it's this whole thing of like, okay, interesting. So you've got a story about a teenager coming to terms with his sexuality, um, uh, as well as sort of being outcasted. He's obviously like a very Tim Burton-esque protagonist, as you pointed out in the trailer. He buys Chucky because he's after retro stuff, but he's got like a sculpture made out of yeah, doll parts. It's very strange. It's like, that's pretty cool. Um, we have uh, twin characters played by uh, your man from, I know what you did last summer. I can't remember his name now. Dev something. Devin Sauer. That's it. He's playing twins. Which okay. is like one's one's the guy with the goatee in the trailer is a bit of a dickhead. There's um, a karma guy who I think is the dad of of the lead. Dad of boy. Um, but of course it's like wait, twins in a Chucky story. I wonder what could possibly um, go. I, I, yeah, I I wonder because there is there is one recurring character of the series who is still unaccounted for. And Billy Boyd's been very active lately. Um, so I do wonder if they are going to go, do you know what, fuck it, we're tying it all Is he keeping himself busy so he doesn't have to come back? That's very true. Have you listened to Friendship Onion? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm a few behind, but yeah, it's, it's very it's good. Adorable. It's lovely. Um, Dominic Monaghan, uh, Monaghan like, rides that perfect line of like a charming rogue and an obnoxious prick. Yeah. He just sort of sits perfectly on the fence. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. Every time he just I go, what are you doing? Oh God, you made me laugh. God damn it. <laughs> and Billy Boy's just adorable. But, um, also, Dominic Monaghan's a local boy, so. Oh, there you go. Let's see, there you go. Yeah. That explains why we like him. Yeah. <laughs> if he's been a prick, we're like, go on lad. Good on you, cockles. Manchester boy. Um, the biggest takeaway for this series for me so far, the thing that I'm most excited about is, fucking hell is Brad Dourif on fire. Oh yeah. Just from the trailer alone, you're like, yeah, he's he never lost this. He loves this shit. And yeah, in he recent loves years, it. he seemed a bit quiet in interviews. He sort of seemed a little like maybe he's either been dealing with summer or he's just sort of slowing down a bit. I mean, he is. I think he's in his seventies now. Fuck off. I'll look it up. Yeah. Must, I mean, Fiona Fiona Dorif's in her thirties. Jesus. Um. So it's possible. Obviously, yeah. That's that's the other thing is that you know the family element of the series because Jennifer Tilly talked about that a lot. The, the people who make these movies, the effects guys and everything, it's it feels like a family. Because like, a lot of the same people will work. If Don Mancini's making a new Child's Play or Chucky thing, he tries to get as many crew and you know designers and this, that, and the other back so that they can all work together on it. Shit, he's 71. Yeah, there you go. But in the panel, there's a brief sort of... Uh, in the, the featurette, there's a brief uh, chin-wagging scene with... Um, uh, over like over over Zoom kind of thing with Christine McCarthy, uh, Alex Vincent, and Brad Dourif, and and he just he's it's like nope, like maybe he was just having a moment the last few years because right now he seems like an excited kid, and it comes across in the performance. Yeah. <laughs> well, no offense, but your mother's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it very just, good. He looks so good. Um. Uh. And also the the featurette shows an awful lot of four three. Uh, grainy footage because we are going to learn about Charles Lee Ray and his first time. We oh. see him as a as a teenager, like slowly just dragging a big fuck off knife into a cake mm. on his birthday. Um, so I I've got a feeling that's why this town is significant. I think this is where he came from. Um, oh yeah, that would make sense, I guess. Because uh, that's what's been happening in the last couple of films is he's been sort of like finishing old grievances yeah like like curse of chucky you know the chucky doll disguised as, as a clean one which was such a great <laughs> reveal because it was like is this a reboot like what's going on that was a good moment you see the lady peeling the skin off of him and it's like oh yeah. oh my god it's, it's this god doll it's um, very good with a mullet 
his hair's so long now. Um, you, yeah, like th- that film reveals that like this family had an issue because the idea was like on the night of his of his attempted arrest by Detective Norris that resulted in his death, uh, in 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 Charles's death at the store, the gunshot wound that kicks off the whole series of films. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been found because he'd kidnapped Nika's mum, and the reason Nika like. You know, the reason Nika cannot walk, the reason that she was born with a damaged spine, is because he fucking stabbed her mum in the in her, in her stomach while she was pregnant. Good time. Like, holy shit! Um, so like, it, it, he's it, Chucky's as he said in that film as well. It's all about family. Like, it always comes back yeah. to family. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's some lineage of the of the the Lee Rays in this, and that's why it's tying into this storyline. I think that'd make sense. Yeah, I we may have waxed lyrical about this for a while, but it's just because it was honestly the most exciting and interesting trailer to come out. Yeah, of it, it was nice to see something that had some substance to get excited about because there was so little going on. October twelfth um, on Sci-Fi in the US. So how we're going to get it is unknown as of yet, but I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they strike a deal with like Netflix. It'll or be on a fucking Amazon Prime channel add-on, probably. Like Stars Play I'll, or something. I will pay for it or wait an extra month and buy it on Blu-ray. I'm more than happy to do that. I mean, that's to do that. the best plan. That's that for Ash vs. Evil Dead, which sucked. Oh. Like, series 2 was out on Virgin. like No, Series 1 was out on Virgin. Uh, through like an exclusivity deal and we had it yeah. at the time and you had to sort of like line it up and watch it and it was like uh, and then eventually we just started pirating it because it was easier to do yep don't endorse it folks but like there was no other way to watch it for ages and then two years later the dvd box set uk region of series one and two came out so we picked that up rewatched series one binge series two and then for series three we had to do the same thing we had to wait for it to come out on dvd sucks man it's ridiculous um, um but on the topic of streaming mm. services... Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. Tell me about... Um, Motu R. Motu R. Motor. <laughs> Which I haven't seen. Yeah, I, this is going to be spoiler-free, folks, but um, I just want to talk about two things, essentially, for Masters of the Universe Revelation. What I thought of the series and the online discourse about it, because it's really weird. Oh, are you telling me that there's been troublesome online discourse about a revival of a, of a children's TV show from the 80s? Here's the thing, right? Masters of the Universe. What Ugh. do you remember about the original Filmation series? Um, it's not very good. Yeah, but like in terms of like for kids, it was it was the right amount of swashbuckle and adventure. I and, have yeah. the power! There's a lot of cool iconography in it, and a lot of the passion around it is built up from the fact that it was something that people played with and watched and you know ate the cereal and had the you know he-man jammies and everything like it was very much a orco you're all in do you know what i mean you're all into this yeah um it it, it it's in the same vein as like mask gi joe transformers teenage mutant ninja turtles it's from that same era of well it is the it is it, the it, thing it's, of... it's a cult for kids but is ultimately rather wholesome it's the it's the this is a cartoon by all our play sets and toys Precisely. Yeah. Um, and yet, this incredibly silly, like, rather, like, openly and successfully and jubilantly camp show. Oh, God, so camp. Has got a weirdly aggressive fan base of people who are super pissed off that this reboot slash sequel, spiritual sequel, isn't all about He-Man. So... 
Masters of Universe Revelations, a Netflix series that is dropping in two halves. Part one is out now, five are episodes. You, are you telling me that a show called Masters of the Universe isn't all about He-Man? Is well, the show called He-Man? No, no, the show isn't called He-Man. The show's called Masters of the Universe. That implies multiple characters. Try telling that to anyone who's really pissed off about oh this online. God. Because the majority of anger about it, it's been review bombed. Um, critical reviews have been really consistent. Uh, review bomb a review site aggregate uh, review site aggregates um, for user reviews must <clears throat> are, are stupid low, and this seems to stem from the fact that so this is this is Kevin Smith's first like TV show since Clerks the animated series that he's, he's overseen. Yeah. Um, well, the first one that he's overseen that he's managed to actually get made. Yeah. Yeah, of course, Howard the Duck. Like, yeah. That went out the window. Did you? Ah, that was the thing that got revealed this week in an interview somewhere or other. Uh, Howard the what? Duck was going to have Werewolf by Night in it. Ah! But they were told they couldn't use him oh. because he's being saved for the films. Oh! Yeah, so it's like... Okay. Um, like, is he going to be in Blade? Or like, what's the what's the plan for Werewolf by Night? <laughs> Weird, right? Also, this past week, the, the dude who uh, David Arbor beats in an arm wrestling match in the prison in Black Widow has, has said that he's playing a, he was playing Ursa Major. Yeah. It's like, sure. Sure. Um, okay. the, sa- the same way that Omega Red cameo in Deadpool 2 is definitely Omega Red. Yeah. I.e., it doesn't matter. This yeah. ma- he, he's made up to look like Omega Red, but until you do Whatever. something interesting with Omega Red, it's just a fun little visual reference. Yeah, who it's cares? Not a, it's not a thing. Who actually cares? Um, so, Kevin Smith's show ran it. When it was first announced, he said, like, absolutely, like, love Masters of the Universe, can't wait to get stuck into this, I can't wait for you all to see what we're planning, this will be amazing. I'm so, I'm, you know, I'm such a big fan of this, and I'm working with such big fans of it. And this portion of the internet dug up, like, a tweet of his, that basically years ago, that said, like, he was linking to a Masters of the Universe piece of art or something. And the tweet was like, wasn't a big fan of Motu growing up, but I've got to give a shout out to this piece of work, this is beautiful. Yeah. So they're saying, you said you were a fan. And he since kind of clarified and said, like, well, put it this way. I was 13. I was kind of past the age of caring about that sort of stuff. But I still tuned into every episode, even if I was like, oh, God, this again. I still watched it. (laughs) And it has stuck with me. And it's here's the thing, guys. It's entirely possible to become a fan of something. Yeah. You don't just start, you don't you're not just, born as a fan of yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's just that, that, so that's the first logic leap here. The idea Fucking of, you said it. you weren't a fan, it's like, yeah, but maybe he is now. Absolutely like, love it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's so, it's like, you become a fan, motherfucker. You don't, you're not just born it. You become a fuck, motherfucker. You, 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 you can't, you can watch something, not dig it, and then come back to it later and go, Do you know what, actually, this t- this ticks my boxes. I, I don't know why I felt that way last time, but I like it now. Does it box your ticks? Ooh, that can happen. So that's the first weird discrepancy. Yeah. Then, something about it leaks that suggests that He-Man is not the main character of the series. What? Now, that alone caused people to get weirdly angry. But then the same people got even angrier. What? For some reason, when the implication from the leak was that Teela would be the lead of this story arc. Sure. So, okay. He-Man not necessarily lead, woman lead, that bad, said this section of people. Who, shocking. Who, if you ask them... Absolutely If you shocking. ask them, What's, what is your issue with Teela being the lead? They will say, well, I want it to be He-Man. And it's like, right, well, it isn't. <laughs> so what is what is your problem with Teela being the lead? They won't answer. Their, their answer will always be, well, he lied. He lied about it. 
It's like, right, just please think. And I'm saying there might be people listening to this right now are like, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, I just didn't like it. If that's the case, great. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you if that's the case. But if you are still like, oh, yeah, but she shouldn't be the lead though. Ask yourself why. Really ask yourself why that matters to you so much when you have 140-odd episodes of the original Filmation show where He-Man is the lead character, where you have the 2002, like, 2-3 series reboot where He-Man is the main character in the mm-hmm. ensemble cast. Like, you've got the freaking Dolph Lundgren movie. Like, you have so many takes on it. There is a version coming to Netflix later this year called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe that is a CGI animated series based uh, aimed more at a kid audience. Yeah. Um, you are going to get more. There's also a weird Venn diagram of people who are mad about this that also detested the She-Ra Princess of Power. I wonder why. Interesting. I wonder why. But a lot of them will say, no, we're mad because Kevin Smith lied about it. Because about a year or so ago, people were saying, is this true? Is this true that He-Man's not the main character? And Kevin Smith has had to go, He-Man is absolutely the main character of this. Like, what are you talking about? He's absolutely the main character. That is a fib. Are you now, telling me... Now, the the series is absolutely about He-Man. He-Man is the central focal point of what the series is about. Again, mm. so far. The first five episodes are, are the first half of the arc. Yeah? The second half will be what the second half is. But all ten were written together and all ten were made together. Yeah. So... Everyone calm the fuck down and wait for the whole thing to come out before you make a final judgment on whether or not it was He-Man enough for you. But (laughs) He-Man is absolutely the central motivating force of everything that happens in this story. Yeah. Even if he isn't the active participant in it for a lot of the series. But he's not in there swinging his sword around with his big muscles. Do you know why he's had to... Do you know why he's he's had to fib? Because people keep asking him, he had to come up with an answer, and when you watch this series, you're not meant to know that he's not necessarily the main yeah. character. The series starts in media res. Hey, everybody, look at this old school style adventure, and then, then it puts its foot down and goes, "Here's our story." That is nowhere near as effective. And I hate the fact that I'm even having to hint this to you right now, but like that is nowhere near as effective if you're going into it expecting him to not be as much of the story in as much of the story if they'd have called it like Teela and the Masters of the Universe which so many people are saying but you should have called it that then you would go into it going oh so it's going to be a story about Teela I think it's also easy for me because I don't really give that much of a shit same I, <clears throat> I grew up with the original series just as part of the popular pop culture vernacular yeah like I, I'm, I was aware of it in the same way that we are all kind of aware of Mickey Mouse the Looney Tunes even if you've never watched anything dedicated to them yeah. you're aware of them yeah. you get the basics you know you may not give a shit about football but if you see like you know Fred the Red from Man United you might go oh that's the mascot from Manchester United <laughs> Do you know, you just, there's certain things you just see and you're like oh no I get that yeah that's fine I understand that I know what that is I've never watched an episode of Scooby Doo but I can tell you that that's Scooby Doo etc like that was what I grew up with I then really jumped into the 2002 version and I really dug it It was the, I was the right kind of age for it. I was 11 I was sort of that kid who was still into action figures and I was just like 
this is pretty fucking cool. Woolworths was still a thing. So yeah. like those shelves were covered in, in the, the, the 2002 Motu Masters figures. of the universe. Uh, I had a I had a fair few of my recently eBay, the last of them, because like they were just sort of sat in a box and I felt sad for them. Um, but yes. like, you know, I, I had like a bunch of the snake guys from, from the, the, the second series where the snake mountain stuff really comes in. Mm-hmm. I had... Um, uh, I had Evelyn, I had uh, Skeletor, like the heavily armoured version, I had a couple of versions of He-Man, I had Trapjaw, was my favourite fucking one. Uh, okay. Oh, he was amazing, like, it, you could fit his other hands on nooks on his belt, so you could switch <laughs> him out, he was great, like, you know, I, I loved him, I thought they were great, and I really enjoyed the show, it's never been, like, one of my top thingies, but when I heard this was in development, you know, I enjoyed Kevin Smith's stuff, this is not, this is not unknown, yes, so I was curious, is... I was like, oh, they've given him the keys to this kingdom, that's interesting. Um, and then when he talked about it a lot on his podcasts about how like the guy, the head guy at Mattel and the head guy at Netflix in charge of this project are both huge fans of the cartoon from when they were kids. So that sort of fueled it. And anytime he would make a decision about something, he'd run it by both of them. And nine yeah. times out of ten, one of them would go, oh, actually, she can't do that because of this, that and the other. And he'd go, all right, corrected. And he, okay. Do you know what I mean? So it's someone who like knows how to tell a story listening to the two people who are kind of like the flame keepers of it. Yeah. And, and and letting them inform how he makes the decisions and what he does. Um, it's like Zor, for example, you know, the the, the, the sorceress who, who yeah. like, looks after Castle Grayskull. She can't leave it. There's an instance in the first episode where he wrote that she meets these characters outside of Castle Grayskull and they both sort of politely corrected him and was like, actually, it's like, further she can go, unless she's a bird, further she can go is the drawbridge. It was okay. like, I will rewrite the scene. And they, do you know what I mean? It's like little things like that would be like, He's like, I don't know everything about it, so I'm going to rely on these guys to fill in the gaps, yeah. fill in the blanks for me. Um, uh, he hired a great team of writers for it. Like, there's, there's uh, three of the writers. Kevin writes the first and and last of this little arc, and and uh, you know the writing staff includes Mark Bernarden, who delivers a really fucking great episode. Um, you know, so it 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 works. He brings in a lot of his alumni to guest star in it there's a lot of people you wouldn't expect and a lot of people would be like of course they're in here yeah and it's like one or two line characters sometimes i mean for fuck's sake stinkor appears really briefly sure and it's jason muse sure and he's fucking great sure and it's like this fits is he as good um, as he is in cargo i don't know actually um <laughs> is that the second mention of cargo in this no movie? they're not not cargo the zombie film cargo the the Pixar. Oh Jesus! Film. Oh no 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 no! Let's not talk about. That's not even. <laughs> let's not bring attention to that. Tell you what, if you really really are determined to not like Masters of the Universe Revelation, go watch Cargo instead. Yeah. Um, Again, not the Netflix zombie film. The uh, <laughs> the Asylum Cars ripoff. Ed Asner, why are you here? Starring um, Haley Joel Osment. Oh bless him. And Jason Mewes. Um, oh God. Oh Jason, and you are wonderful, but. Please don't sing in a film again. And Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, well, that explains a lot. She's... <laughs> Have you seen the sort of stuff she's made in the yeah, last like, yeah, 10, 15 years? It's, it's rough. Um, it's a Kevin Sorbo situation. Yeah, disappointed. Um, see, there's a fucking... There's there's a Smodcast-based callback for anyone who's listening thinking... Here we go what? again, another Kevin Sorbo situation. Here we go again, <laughs> another Kevin Sorbo situation. Like, Kevin Conroy's Merman? Sure. Like, there's, there's, just, there's just a lot of people from that family in here... Um and oh god who's Melissa who's Melissa uh, uh, Benoist fella Scott something Scott back no it's not Scott no but <laughs> <laughs> like he he's he man and Prince Adam and he's fucking great and and Sarah Michelle Gellar's Teela fucking great you know there, there's there's some really great casting L- Lana Headey and um 
Mark Hamill having a blast as, as Evelyn and Skeletor, respectively. Like, there's, there's some brilliant... And then, you know, proper, like, stalwarts of the, of the genre, like like uh, Beastman's Kevin Michael Richardson, who always fucking delivers. And, yeah. You know, it, there's some great casting in here. Yeah. Uh, the story is so well constructed, and it is... And I say this as someone, again, who, like, enjoyed and grew up with the 2002 version, isn't a huge fan of it all, but, like, is interested enough to check this out. Yeah. This is a really fucking cool story. And it's an arc. It's not a monster of the week thing. It's not a every episode's got a lesson and you're going to be spoken to about the moral of it at the end. Like, it's an arc. And it's the first half of the arc. The set, They've made a big point on Netflix of calling it part one. To really egg on, egg on to you that, like, there is more. Kevin Smith did a Fat Man Beyond episode with Griffin Newman, who plays Orko in the series the other day. Okay. Uh, where he he sort of got into it a bit. And the, the, the problem with Kevin is he's he's dug his heels in, in arguing with these folks, when really he should have just, like... He doesn't know when not to... He, he, yeah. Yeah. He, he's got a thing where, like, he will respond to negative comments. And you're like, dude, don't. Because this... Yeah. Where the people, where the people who are getting angry about this are angry because it really is just like their favorite thing in the world, like and and it's if this is their comfort franchise or whatever, like they're coming at it from a place of love. They're just being really misguided in how they're having this conversation, which is made even worse by the fact that like, it, do you know what it is? It's the Mephisto Wonder Vision thing. Yeah, you people get yourself are projecting into such a... what they wanted it to be. Yeah, and they're not getting it and are pissed off about it. Yeah. If that's the case, guys, I hate to say this, you don't have to watch it. And I know that sounds like a really sort of petty thing to say to some people, but like, you don't have to watch it. If it isn't for you, if you're like, this isn't the, the motto I wanted, you don't have to watch it. You don't. You can you can turn off. It's totally fine. You can give it a try later and be like, okay, I didn't enjoy this, but I'm going to watch it for this and see if I get something from that. Like, Or just never watch it again. That is completely an option that is on the table um it is if you are saying it's ruining my childhood no it fucking isn't no it isn't your childhood is intact it happened if you want to go back and watch the original show you can go back and watch the original show whenever you want if you want to blame someone for ruining your childhood blame your creepy uncle (laughs) oh god um uh go to therapy yeah just it's 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 every Every toxic... And again, if you're like, I'm not being like that, this doesn't apply to you then. Why are you reacting too much? If you are reacting to me calling it toxic, maybe you are part of the toxic fandom. But it's this weird toxic thing that we've seen in Star Trek, Star Wars, Doctor Who, like all these fandoms in the last few years. This culture of... This culture of anger and... And and, and just hatred that's fueled by YouTube channels like just talking about this sort of stuff. Yeah. This seemingly and again if this isn't you prove it's not you seemingly misogynistic mm. xenophobic mm-hmm. um uh, 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 homophobic like culture that, that is, is is inside the fandom Tila is implied to possibly have a xena gabrielle style relationship with her companion yes that's pissed people off Tila gets a shorter haircut like an undercut that's pissed people off. <sighs> yeah. There are uh, more characters of different ethnicities in this. That's pissed people off. Of course it has. It's really weird that those things are pissing you off, guys. The word woke 
enforced inclusion and terminology, things like that are being used a lot by these complainers. And it's like, sure, that's weird, guys, that that's your issue with... I, hmm, Does okay. it actually make that much of a difference, though? Does it actually make that much of a difference? Well, as Netflix apparently said to Kevin Smith when the the, the, the pissed off sort of section of fandom started reacting earlier in the year to the rumours, he turned around to someone at Netflix and was like, oh, God, is this a... You know, is this going to affect it? Netflix went, it's a drop in the fucking bucket. <laughs> like, it honestly doesn't matter. Like, we we have millions of users. Yeah. We are going to get hundreds of thousands, if not early millions more, who will buy it to check this out. Yeah. Doesn't fucking matter to us. And also, that's the thing. People are going, get it cancelled, get Smith fired, he lied. It's like, motherfuckers, there are five more episodes done. Yeah. Like, Bear McCreary finished the soundtrack this week. <laughs> They're on their way. They'll probably be out in August or September. So, no. And he's had to, unfortunately, spoil it a little bit for the second half of the series. Yeah. Just to try and see if it will calm these people down by saying that episode six features the biggest and most brutal fucking He-Man and Skeletor fight you have ever seen. Which in itself is kind of a spoiler based on how episode five ends. Yeah. So it's like, I can't believe you had to say that, but it's also still not swaying. He probably would have already said that though, because you can't help busting his mouth. But like they, they, but that's it. Like they're still pissed off. And it's like, so you want more He-Man? Yeah, but you're getting more. But he lied. But he lied to protect the storyline so that you could enjoy it. But he lied, though. But he lied. He lied so it wasn't spoiled for you. Like, if he he answered that question that for some reason you all were obsessed with, is Teela the main character? And he he had to respond and lied to make sure that the story wasn't ruined... And now that you're finding out that, like, it was a lie to protect the story, you're still pissed off because Teela's a central character, which means that you are giving off massive, tiny dick misogynistic energy. Even if that is not where you're apparently coming from, look at your peers, look at the people that you're also, like, ranting with. Anyway, point is, the reason why we have shows like Big Damn Love on our YouTube channel is because, aren't we meant to enjoy this stuff? No. Like, are we meant to have fun with stories and fiction? If you're not enjoying them, say your piece and move the fuck on. No, we're not allowed to enjoy anything, Chris. Because people only want to see people not like things. Well, that's why I wanted to get it's that out. It's not cool that's to That's why like I wanted things. to get that out of the way. Because here's my spoiler for review of Master of the Universe. Oh, Jesus, we're still talking about Master of the Universe for 30 minutes. This will take, this will take five minutes. <laughs> it is. It is fucking excellent there from the go. animation to the score to the vocal performances to the script it is a solid fantasy action TV series that deals with themes of um, like betrayal um, uh, legacy and what it means to keep secrets from the ones you love okay um, it is a spiritual sequel to the filmation series in that legally they can't make it a sequel, which is why you'll notice some of the designs for your lead characters are tweaked, but then you hold them up against pictures of the toys and the early paintings. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's what they look like. They don't look like the filmation designs. They look like the toys. Because here's the thing. It is a Mattel Netflix co-production. Mattel own the toys. They don't own the filmation series that that is based on the toys. Um, So this is very much a... Are you aware aware of the basics of this universe? You are. Great. Here's a sequel. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's Halloween 2018. 
you can not watch the original Halloween, but go see that and get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and understand that events have happened with yeah. these characters before. That's how this one works. Um, uh, some incredible, like, as I said, the voice cast is brilliant, but special shout out to, like, Griffin Newman as Orko, who... Cool. I mean, fucking hell. They, to some people, Orko is a Jar Jar. Yeah. This series plays off of that. And then delves into what that means for that individual. I think you'll find that Jar Jar is more of an orco. Very true. Um, <laughs> all right. Some people think of orco as a bit of a snarf. Uh, <laughs> I think you'll find that snarf is more of a scrappy dude. Um, oh god! Exactly. Like they they delve into what that yeah. means to him. Yeah. Based on how people feel or how he. Because that's the thing. In Masters of the Universe, no one treats Orko like a piece of shit. No. Like, they're just like, oh, Orko. Only, only the audience treat him like a piece of shit. Yeah, whereas this series is like, he's sort of aware that he's kind of crap. And yeah. what that does to you psychologically. And and how he handles it with such grace. And it's like... It drives you insane! It's fucking great. Um, like, here's, the, here's the thing. Villain. Yeah, He-Man's not in every... E- well, no, he is. <sighs> He-Man is in every episode. He's just not in the current narrative of every episode. Like the ones he's not in the current narrative, he's in flashback yeah. or dream sequence, and he's performed brilliantly. He is every bit as camp and cheesy and badass, and that balancing act that it needs to be. He's every bit of it. He, it's a great interpretation. The transformation in episode one is scored brilliantly, and is like some Sailor Moon levels of like Rainbow Pride campus fuck. Um, spectacle. Excellent. Like, as he transforms, his skin glows like crystalline rainbow colours. They ain't shying away from the fact that this is campus Christmas and that's kind of why it's brilliant. You can be... That's another misnomer. You can be camp and badass. That is entirely possible. Um, You know what I mean? It's I mean, for fuck's sake. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. I mean, even, even like, even in Zack Snyder's Justice League, him stopping... um, uh, Steppenwolf's axe from hitting Cyclo- uh, Cyborg where he just swings down and Superman just appears and he's fucking hands on hips looking up at him with this axe on his shoulder that's camp yeah and it's fucking badass like it's you know no it's totally badass no totally like macho badass would have been him swooping in and be like grabbing it and looking up and being all snarly oh. and instead no he stood there fucking hands on hips and he stopped it with his shoulder. <laughs> that is camp and badass. It is entirely possible. Uh, and He-Man is that in this show. Uh, I mean, like I said, it, it plays off of, it, it's playing off of legacy betrayal and, and like what lying to your friends can do, lying to your friends and family can do mm. to your friends and family. I mean, if you've ever watched any version of He-Man, at the center of the, of the concept is a very big lie someone is telling a very big or has a very big secret that only a couple of people know about yep what happens when other people find out about that do you know what i mean it's yep. like it okay that's interesting and it's something that if it were the original series and they'd done that in the original series it wouldn't have this depth it wouldn't have the you know what i mean they wouldn't really touch it in the original but if they did it'd be more sort of like i can't believe that blah was blah all along do you know what i mean that's yeah. it yeah Whereas this show's like, no, 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 no. They've been through shit. How does that affect you when you find out? Um, there's some incredible... Ca- Man at Arms is every bit as badass as you want him to be. Uh, as Liam sort of the story. 
oh, he does such a good job. Yeah. Uh, as the stoic kind of warrior character, we find out what the minions of Skeletor get up to when separated from him from a time. From a time <laughs> and it's really cool. Um, there's a lot of shout outs to, and again, this is the internet sort of telling me this because I wasn't, I didn't grow up with the original, but like, there are a lot of shout outs to toys that never made it into the show. And there are a lot of uh, shout outs to like, Character, fan favorite characters that only appear briefly will appear briefly again but get a little bit more to do and you know it's it's just it's it's fucking great and it's really bingeable it's 25 minute episodes that's neat so you can binge through the first half of the series in, in a couple of hours I can do that um Skeletor Hamill pretty damn great um or surprising no one yeah close vocally close to Joker uh, he's not trying to be Alan Oppenheimer. I think that's just where but Mark Hamill's voice point. tends to sit now. Yeah, but but he, he's he's a little... And I'm going to say it again. He's a little camper. Oh, well. Um, which that's which good. suits it beautifully. Uh, and Alan Oppenheimer, Skeletor himself, is Mossman. Ah. And he's great. And you really dive into the history of Eternia and, and who Grayskull was and, you know, previous champions like Hero and all this. Like, you learn about the... The legacy of, of the person who wields the power, the magic of Eternia. Is hero spelled hero. Absolutely. Excellent. Um, and, uh, I mean... Excellent. Again, Scareglow makes an appearance. Tony Todd. I just Played by Tony earlier. motherfucking Todd. Yeah. It's like, hey, uh, this guy's like, kind of like a supernatural nightmare creature. Should we get the Candyman? Let's get the Candyman. Let's get the Candyman. <laughs> And, and you know other other sort of alumni of stuff, uh, voice acting, and there's a lot of sort of Batman alumni snuck in there. Like Deirdre yeah. Vader is the, is the is Adam's dad, the King of Eternia. Yeah, it's just, there's a lot of that. It's I really dig it. I really really dig it. it it's just fucking <sighs> hell. Because here's the other thing. Uh oh. The recurring complaint is, oh right, you just you're doing a Last Jedi, you're just subverting expectations. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you watch these five episodes, you can see where it's going. Yeah, and not in a oh it's so predictable in a I've watched television before. Yeah, I've seen. I can see where this is going, kind of way, and it's like the stuff you want to sort of get out of a Masters of the Universe story. There's enough of it here, and there's absolutely more coming. Yeah. Oh my God, there is absolutely more of it coming. Let the story take you on a journey first. No, That's but the point now, Christopher. Because there's something that happens at the tail end of the of the bookends of this half of the series that make you go, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and that's why it's it. That's why it's fucking interesting. If it was just more of the same old, same old, I wouldn't be fussed. I'd be like, yeah, it was cool. It was pretty cool. Like the animators, the teams behind the animation would have still done a great job and choreographed the fights brilliantly. And, you know, like Ben McCreary still would have scored the shit out of it, and, mm. and Kevin and the team of writers still would have written a really interesting, fun story. But like, I don't want the same old, same old. Because, see, our zombie conversation earlier in this episode. Yeah, it, it, there's just you want enough. It's not necessarily that it has to be original, but it has to be executed in a way that makes it more compelling. It's got to do. It's got to do something different. Yeah, even if even if it still will end. In something comforting and comfortable, take me on a journey. Yeah, take me on yeah. a journey, and and this first half literally takes you on a journey, and it's it's um, in series. I don't mean that like Orko reaches out the TV yeah. and is like, "Come with me," and you're like, "Jesus Christ, no, no." Um, yeah, it's I, I recommend it. I really do. Like it, it's if you're a fan of action fantasy genre, if you are. 
I think if you're a fan of it, you'll enjoy it. But the, no inter- the internet is proving that that is half yeah. wrong. Um, I think if you are like me, you maybe grew up with the 2000s one, or you have the basic knowledge of Masters of the Universe and He-Man and that cast of characters. If you're he-curious. Yeah, if you're he-curious, you'll dig it. You'll fucking dig it. It's, 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 just, it's just cool. It's just cool to get cool new animation, genre stuff that's like fun. Mm. It makes me happy. So, yeah, go watch it. Or don't. If it's not for you, don't watch it. Well, speaking of comfortable endings... Uh, I'm not touching it. <laughs> I'll look at it until it does its thing, but I won't touch we'll, it. Uh, we'll, 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 uh... I'll grimace at it until it does its thing. Wow. <laughs> wow. But if anything, that's more erotic. Because it's like, I did it with just a I, look. I'm going to, we're going to stop the show there, guys and gals and, and non-binary folk as well. Um... Jesus Christ, I, that that's killed me, that. That's actually killed me. You know what the French call an orgasm? Uh, the little death, the, little the death. petit mort. Um, <laughs> you want to fried a chucky now, don't you? Uh, <laughs> so, <sighs> you can send us your complaints about Chris's behaviour on BigDamnContact <laughs> at gmail.com or, of course, uh, tweet us at BigDamnCast. You can watch me, <gasps> my sort of Twisted face. He strokes his face as he said Lovely that. hair. He pressed his hair. Uh, lovely, lovely hair. He's got a beautiful curly sort of quiff thing. He goes like a pineapple head. Um, <laughs> uh, you can do that at twitch.tv forward slash big damn stream. And if you do fancy giving us a bit of money to keep this madness going and help us just limp along like the half dead donkey we are then you can do that at patreon.tv forward slash big damn cast like like the cypress shop on the beach from knockoff of the weekly planet we are yeah if you want to keep it going keep the lights on patreon.com yes so yeah until until next time just go wash go wash this mouth out some more Uh, bye everyone (laughs) Jesus Christ.